0: Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to teach on the person of Jesus Christ. What a surprise. Now, now here's the thing that I needed to explain about Jesus Christ, because... um, you know, we've been teaching so much about grace. If you don't know, we're a very strong church that believes uh, in the new covenant and the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're very, very strong on what the what Jesus did on the cross, what was accomplished on the cross. We're very strong about the finished work. Amen. And, and so I, I thought when I come back, I really felt like God wanted me to just explain who Jesus is and basically what the purpose of Jesus Christ really was. What the purpose of Jesus Christ really was. Because if we don't understand the purpose of Jesus, what we will do is take an older understanding of God and keep putting God under everything that happens on the earth. Does that make sense? If we don't understand Jesus Christ, now you go, what do you mean What the purpose of Jesus Christ? Well, I'll explain it to you. Because you notice he was not Jesus until he was born on the earth. Amen. He really wasn't Jesus until he was born on the earth. You're telling me Jesus didn't exist before that? Technically, yes. What? Well, because his name was in Jesus before that. Some of y'all just thought, my God, what kind of a crazy church am I going to? His name was in Jesus. In fact, John chapter 1 tells us this was his name. In the beginning was what? The Word. The Word. So you go, what was his name before he became Jesus? When he became what? Well, he was called the Word. In fact, the Bible says the Word, the, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Were together even before creation. They were involved in the beginning of creation. The Father, the Word, and and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So His name was the Word, but when He became, when He came to the earth, they gave Him the name Jesus. Amen. Here's the funny thing. It was a very common name in Israel. It wasn't very common. It wasn't very. It's as common as it is here in San Antonio. Jesús, right? Everybody is a Jesus on the earth. So really to understand the purpose of that name. So when I say what was the purpose of Jesus Christ. I am basically saying what was the point of Jesus coming to the earth. And if I don't understand that, I'm going to start putting things on God that isn't necessarily God. I'm going to start blaming God for things that that God necessarily didn't do. I'm going to start waiting for God to bring judgments that were already fulfilled. If I don't understand the purpose of Jesus Christ, I will walk along with a twisted view of who God really is. And sometimes even those of us who claim to be new covenant walk around in fear of bad things happening to us because of our mistakes. And the reason we walk around with that fear is because we don't have a revelation of who God is. Now, listen to me carefully. Amen. Everything rises and falls on your revelation of God. Amen. Everything rises and falls on your revelation of God. And now here's the funny thing. When God wanted to reveal himself in the Old Testament, he said it in two words. What should I say you are? Who should I say sent me? I am. That's beautiful, Lord. I mean, that's deep and all, but really. I am? Yeah, fill in the blanks. Okay. Right? But because of our twisted view of I am, of of God, what we put at the end of the I am was justice, wrath, anger, the avenger. Because of our twisted view of who God was, at the end of the I am, we put our own words there. And so God had to stop time. And in the fullness of time, God decides to reveal to man who he was through the person of Jesus Christ. God decides to introduce himself to man through the person of Jesus Christ. Beloved, listen to me. The cross or the life of Jesus was such an incredible thing in history that even till this day, time is divided by it. Before Christ? In the year of our Lord. Huh? Time is even divided before Christ and now in the year of the Lord. Why haven't the church figured this part out? Huh? everything stopped at that time what we don't understand is an incredible revelation of what happened to the life of jesus and what the cross was really all about because if we can understand that we will live out our destiny we will live out who we are if we can understand who god is and not go around blaming god for all the bad stuff that happens go blame around god is judging us because we didn't take care of somebody you see folks you've got to you've got to get the revelation of jesus you have to get a revelation of Jesus and the Ebola scare. My God. I was in India. Ain't nobody cared about Ebola. I flew all the way. There was no problem in Ebola, in, Ebola, in India. <laughs> I did not go to Ebola. <laughs> right? Hey, everybody's panicking about Ebola. I mean, people are even telling you why Ebola came to this country. Why are we doing that? Because we don't have a revelation of who Jesus is. Because if we had a revelation of who Jesus is, we wouldn't be telling people God's cursing us and punishing us because of something and something. Why? Because if there was something left for God to curse, if there was something left for God to punish, that is telling Jesus, your finished work isn't finished. Please listen to me. I'm not attacking anybody. But I have to change the thinking. Of us grace people. I need for us to renew our mind. That's why Jesus coming out of the waters of baptism. Or anywhere he went. He said this word. Repent. 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 Now you notice when Jesus said that people didn't fall on their face. And say sorry for their sins. Because the word repent in the literal meaning of what Jesus said, metanoia, the Greek word metanoia was what? Change your mind, to change your thinking. It wasn't to say sorry for your sins, it was to change your thinking. You're thinking about what? You're thinking about God. He was telling the Jewish people, boys, you have an idea, you think you figured this God thing out. You think you've understood this God thing out. You don't have a clue, you don't have the clue. So you need to repent, change your thinking. Change your thinking to what? Change your thinking to who I am. If your idea of God doesn't fit me, then you are wrong. I can't get more simple than that. Well, but what about, but what about, are you telling Jesus he isn't God enough? That there was a part about, there was a portion of God that wasn't revealed through Jesus? Is that what I'm literally telling the Lord? Oh, Jesus, you know, you were nice and all, but then there's that other side of you that you haven't showed us yet. No, sir. Colossians chapter two says clearly for the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness, everything God was, was revealed in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Everything God was, God is, and God ever will be was revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. So in the famous words of Bill Johnson, I refuse to believe anything about God that I do not see in the person of Jesus Christ. I refuse to believe that God forgot to judge some sin. And so therefore he's judging America today. You know, God must be doing a really bad job because only one guy died. I always freak out when people talk about Katrina was the the judgment of God against America. Well, then God has a really bad job because the first thing that came up was the gay pride. I'm not mocking it. I'm telling you facts. If God wanted to wipe something out, you can't even find the city. Go looking for Sodom and Gomorrah. You can't find it. You can find it. Why? Because when God's serious about taking something out, he takes it out, baby. But through the person of Jesus Christ, it is important that we understand. We understand who Jesus is through who God is through Jesus. I cannot believe anything else about God that I don't see revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. So I got to understand who is Jesus? What did he do? Why was he on the earth? So I got five points for you that I want you to study. Fundamentals as fundamental as gets. I want to talk to you with Jesus. You know, it's amazing. I... I've been in ministry for 18 years, and I have never preached more about Jesus than I have since I came to the grace message. It has all been about Jesus. It's not been about me. It's not been about what I can do, what I cannot do. It's always about Jesus. The focus is never me. The focus is always Jesus. That's what I love about grace. I declare this in all the conferences we do when we start off. Grace is not a theology. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person, and His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Number one, number one, what was the whole point of Jesus? Number one, he came to reveal God. Now, please, I encourage you to take notes because I want brazen grace to learn this habit. It's a good habit because y'all need to go home and, 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 get, and, and study what I'm teaching. I, I get that all the time. Wow, what a word, man. That's deep. Was deep. What do I preach about? I didn't really get it, but it was deep. I really don't want that. I want, I want y'all to go study this word. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came first and foremost to reveal God. Now I didn't put the Father there intentionally. Because Jesus did not just come to reveal the Father. Jesus also came to reveal the Holy Spirit. In fact, the most important part, person in the Godhead for you and I on the earth to live out our destiny is the Holy Ghost. He was the first one that was breathed into man in the Garden of Eden. He was the first person of the Godhead we actually came into unity with. Even before we knew anything, when we were mud, we were dust. God breathed the Ruach or the Spirit of God into us. And when man came alive in the Garden of Eden, the first person he knew was the Holy Ghost. So God didn't just come to reveal the Father. He came to reveal the Son. So when someone tells you, well, the Father is an angry, mad guy. But Jesus is the good one. I like Jesus. That is not good theology. Because Jesus is the father revealed. Turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verse number 7. If you're there, give me a loud yes, Yes, yes sir. The rest of you looking for John. It really is the fourth book of the New Testament. John chapter 14, verse number 7. If you're there, give me a loud yes, sir. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now, you know him because and, and have seen him. You see how an audacious statement Jesus is making here? He's telling a bunch of Jewish guys, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Stones, blasphemy, blasphemy. Why? That was the most audacious thing to tell somebody that if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Jesus just said, if you've, if you've known me, you've known the Father and I've also seen him. And then Philip says, one of the disciples, sounds like a regular church guy. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Come here, boy. Come here. Come here. Come here. Backside smack. Just come here. Which part of, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, don't you get? But that sounds like church people, right? You're too good, God. You're too nice. I mean, we want to see the Father side of things. We want the discipline side of things. Yeah, but the father's discipline isn't wrath. It's love. Amen. I, don't cha- I don't send my children. This is going to mess with your theology. I don't send my children to the house of some bad person. New people in the house. I got to behave myself. Y'all who know me know what I'm going to say there. I'm not going to send my children to the house of a bad guy so they can be tortured so they can learn patience. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. What was he saying? He's saying, Jesus, you're not sufficient for me. This is the, this is the voice of the church today. We want a God that is not found in Jesus because Jesus, you ain't all that. You're not sufficient for us, oh God. So show us the Father. What were they saying? You're too good to be true. You're too nice. Show us the angry guy we're used to for 2,000 years since Mount Sinai. Oh, Lord. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have known, not known me? That is the love of Jesus flowing out of him. If Jesus was Zach and Zach was Jesus, go, you dummy. Dodo. Slow. Really slow guy. Let me break it down for you. But thank God I'm not God. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me? Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father so how can you say show us the Father? It's amazing Jesus was saying, if you've seen me you have seen the Creator of heaven and earth. if you have seen me you have seen God Woo! but you're walking around looking like us you, you look too common you Rabbi, isn't God like, you know, you should be like levitating, just kind of walking just a little above air as you go everywhere. Just, just slightly above air, not fully in a rover, rover craft walk. Why? How, how can you be that? See, this is the thing, church. Even to this day, we're not accepting the fact that Jesus is fully God and he is fully the revelation of God to man. He is fully the revelation of God to man. Listen to me. Everything rises and falls on your revelation of God. And if your revelation of God is not found in the person of Jesus, you will always go messed up, twisted, trying to find who God is. If you don't understand the person of Jesus, Jesus is perfect. He is God. He is my idea of God. I cannot go looking anywhere else for anything, anything about God that I don't find in the person of Jesus because that is a form of intellectual idolatry. He didn't just come to reveal the Father. He also revealed to us the Holy Spirit. It didn't say the fullness of the Father dwelt in Him. It says the fullness of the Godhead, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are both in Him. Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit, my spirit. In fact, in John chapter 16, speaking of the Holy Spirit, He says, I will send the Comforter who is just like me. Listen to me. They're not different from each other. The Father is not different from each other. They are the same person. Is this making sense to you? Can I take my jacket off, honey, please? I'm miserable. Thank you, sir. Number one, Jesus came to reveal God. Number two, number two, he came to fulfill the law. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Can I teach just for a little bit? Are you okay to hear me teach for a little bit? Okay. Let me read this verse real quickly. Verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. Do not, came, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but I came to fulfill i have to explain that to church people i have to explain that to church people why couldn't jesus destroy the law holy spirit help me to teach this without people getting mad at me y'all ready to hear this okay i did not come to destroy people go well how come the law has been done away with this first thing you have to understand about the law the law was a challenge it was never a requirement I don't know how else simply to explain that. The law was not a requirement. The law was a challenge. So Jesus fulfills the challenge. Once a challenge is fulfilled, the challenge is out of the way. Now, why are you trying to keep a challenge that was meant to be fulfilled once? That was the whole point of the law. Because God never meant to give the law to his people. God never, in Exodus chapter 19, God never meant to give it. In fact, God was asking for intimacy. The people said, no intimacy, give us the law. And so the law was given as a challenge to say, let me see how you keep it. That's why whenever someone would come up to Jesus and say, but I have kept this, this, and this, Jesus would big it up. Why? Because the whole point of the law was not so you could brag about keeping it. The whole point of the law was so you would fail. It was a set up for failure. Why? So you can come to the end of yourself and say, God, I can do this. God says, perfect. I already did it. Amen. Now, why did Jesus fulfill the law and not destroy it? I'll tell you simply this because God couldn't. God couldn't. It was a challenge accepted by man saying, we will do it. Whatever you command, we can do. It was a challenge taken on by man and so man had to fulfill his end of the challenge and therefore God could not do away with it until a man fulfilled it. That's why Jesus became man and fulfilled the law, completing the challenge so that none of us who come after him are under it anymore. I prayed a long time about saying this one thing. Because this is the thing that, well, Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. Well, he didn't come to destroy it. He came to fulfill it. Once it's fulfilled, the Bible tells me he annulled it. Once it's fulfilled, he took it out of our way. He took it out of our way. Why are you taking something and putting it back in your way that God has removed out of your way? Challenge complete. No, I can do it too. I can do it too. Jesus, come on. I can do it too. Hey. It's done. You had 2,000 years and you didn't. I mean, good old Adam only had one. Only one. You think you're going to keep 10? Let the elevator go up. Adam couldn't keep one. The perfect son of God made on the earth couldn't keep one. And you're going to keep 10. What about the 640 other ones? Most of you in this room, dead. Because you're wearing two different fabrics on your cloth. You dead. (laughs) Folks, the the point of the law was not to, so we can keep it and say, look what I did, God. The whole point was, God, I can't keep it. It was to bring man to his knees and say, we need a savior. We can't do it. We can't fulfill it. And God says, let me send my son. He will do it. He will do what even, (laughs) we should have been cursed with the law. We should have been cursed with the law. And God says, you know what? Let me make that yoke easy. Let me make that burden light. It's a burden on my people. They are crushed under the, my God, I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting, but that's good. They are crushed under the yoke of the law. They are burdened down by it and they can't do it no matter how smart they think they are. They can't do it. So let me send my son as a man. Why? Because that's the only way it could be legally fulfilled by a man. God could not keep it. It had to be a man born under the law, huh? Huh? Born off a woman. Why? Because he had to be legally worthy to keep the law. Amen. Dang. Just, uh, <sighs> the law was a challenge, it was never a requirement. That's why you got people walking around saying, well, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it. You're going to die. You're going to die. Is this making any sense to you? So now you go, well, why did Jesus have to fulfill it? Because he was actually having mercy on us. Why didn't God just do away with it? Well, I I don't know how else to say it because God couldn't. The will of man, God will never go against the will of man. If you're a Calvinist, you're going to freak out right about now. God will not go against the free will of man and man by his free will, I went Indian there, will, God by his free will, man by his free will asked for something that wasn't God's will. God's will was intimacy. Man said, no, tell us what to do. And man by his free will accepted something that God never meant for them to keep. Therefore, Bible says, walking under a curse. That's why Christ came born of a woman. See, this is making sense now. Isn't it? Why did he have to be born of a woman? Because he had to legally be born of a woman to keep the law. If he wasn't born legally of a woman, it would be illegal. The devil would say, cheating. Yeah. He had to be human. Legally human to take the challenge. <sighs> right. All throughout history, men would stand up and go, let me do it. Let me do it. I got this one. I got this. I got this. Bam. We would fall on our face. Why? Because the whole point of the law is you can't keep it. Well, I can, I can, let, me, let me do it. Jesus says, let, if, your Pharisees, if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Because you think you're all that. and I, You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. That's the beautiful message of the cross. He came to fulfill the law so that in him, you and I have fulfilled it too. Number three. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Somebody say fundamentals. fundamentals. Any sports fans in the house? Hebrews chapter 2, please. Oh, this is good. Verse 14 and 15. Are you with me? Say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood... He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he may destroy him. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. I wish I had time to go into this deeper. Stay right there in Hebrews 2. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 quickly. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God was manifested for this purpose that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now go back, go back to Hebrews chapter 2. That through death he may destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Can I read that in the Amplified? This is going to be really good. You're You're going to love this one. Since therefore these his children share in flesh and blood and in physical nature, speaking of Jesus becoming man, physical nature of human beings. He himself in a similar similar manner partook of the same nature, what nature of being human, that by going through death he might bring to naught and make of no effect who had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus came not only to reveal God, not only to fulfill the law, but he also came to destroy the works of the devil. Let me read that one more time in the Amplified. You've got to get this, man. You've got to get this. 14. In similar part of nature, that by going through death, he might bring to naught or bring to nothing and make of no effect... Him who has had the power of death that is the devil Jesus brought to naught made the made the devil to no effect are you reading this in your bible Also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held bondage through bondage throughout the course of their lives. Jesus came to destroy the devil. Now you're going to shout and go, yeah, 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 yeah. He destroyed the devil, meaning the devil's got nothing on you. The devil's got nothing on you. He destroyed the power of the devil. The only thing the devil has on you now is your ignorance. He destroyed the power and the works of the devil. Somebody give me a few things that the devil does. Sickness. Fear. Deception. Somebody might say, well, John 10.10. Right? John 10.10. The works of the devil is what? a thief cometh for nothing except to kill and Jesus said, but I am come that they may have and have it more abundantly. Now you go, well, yeah, that's the works of the devil. Steal, kill, and destroy. It's the work of the devil. But let me ask you this. What was it the devil used to make it legal to put sickness on your body? Oh. <laughs> what was it that made it legal for the devil to put that fear in you? What was it that made it legal for the devil to put that sickness on your body? You look at me like, whoa, I heard a few people say law. Really? Really? Yeah. Because in Colossians chapter 2, it very clearly tells me that the weapon that Satan uses against the believer is the law. In fact, when you read John chapter 10, turn there. Some of y'all got to just see this with your own eyes. John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10. You there? The thief comes, does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that they may have and have it more. All my life I taught the thief as being the devil. Now yeah, technically that's true. It was the devil. But let me break it down who this thief is. Can we break it down? (laughs) Verse seven. Jesus said to them, "Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, oh, are thieves and robbers. Who is Jesus speaking to? Hindus? Huh? Who is Jesus speaking to? Context, church. Come on, he's speaking to Jews." Is he talking to the great Greek philosophers of that time? All who have come before me, like the great Greek ones, are liars and thieves. No, 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 no. He's talking to Jews here. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying exactly what that Bible is saying. Some of us don't want to believe what it says. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. Now read verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Huh? Go up to verse 1. More surely I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, what's the next word? But climbs. Climbs is a picture of striving. It's my abilities to do it. I can do it. It's my effort. It's my labor. A literal definition of that is religion. Religion. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door. But climbs another way. The same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters... By the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he leads out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but flee from him. For they do not know the voice of their stranger. Jesus used this illustration. But they did not understand the things which he spoke of them. To this day. We seem to not understand that. Church, I've been in grace for five years, I think. 2007 to 2004. How long is that? Seven years? I've been in grace seven years, and I only got this one this year. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, thieves and robbers. Is God saying that the law and the prophets are thieves and robbers? Is He saying they're bad people? They're terrible are thieves and robbers? No. He's saying but if you live by them, your picture your life will look like a picture of being st- st- stolen. Right? Uh, steal, killed and destroyed. Yeah. You don't believe me? The Bible says it very clearly. For the law yeah. huh? but the spirit gives l- that verse in its right context the law kills you live by the law you die by the law but the spirit gives life Jesus took the weapon that the devil was using against us which was the law turn to Colossians chapter 2 one more verse and then I'll I'll, I'll move to the next point Colossians chapter 2 for those of you are looking at me like I'm making this stuff up Colossians Galatians Ephesians Philippians go eat popcorn Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. If you're there, say yes, sir. sir. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. How many? Verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. You notice that the law of requirements was not for us. It was against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way. Amen. He has taken it out of the way. What did he do with the requirements that were against us? He nailed it to the cross. Next verse. Having disarmed principalities. My God. You see, there was no verse number when Paul wrote this. There was no. What's next? The line before that says he took the law and nailed it to the cross. Having meaning therefore having disarmed principalities. He stripped Satan of his weapons. By doing what? By nailing the law to the cross. Somebody say fundamentals.
1: Fundamentals.
0: Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to the earth? To destroy the works of. Of the devil, when I said the works of the devil, all of you went, well, that's sickness, that's disease, that's sin, and, and that every one of that is true. That's all true. But what was, it that, that, what was it that made it legal for the devil to put that on you? When you would say, I can keep the law, I can keep the law. Okay, keep it. Well, uh, to, not today, let me, let me try tomorrow. Guess what? It already made it legal for the devil to put that on you. Because if you're going to live by the law, you're going to have to live by all of it. It's as simple as that. It doesn't. It's not any that deep than that, is it? You live it. You either keep it, you keep all of it. That's the whole essence of the law. If you break one, you've broken all of them. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them. That's verse 15. Number one, Jesus came to reveal God. Number two, he came to fulfill the law. Number three, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Number four, he came to show us who we are. He came to show man we are turn to Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 through 7. Galatians chapter 4. Are you learning something today? Yeah. Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 7. What's my time look like? Okay, my time's running up, so stay with me. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 4 to 7. I mentioned this verse already. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem those who were under the law. Now put this in the context of God having to legally come as a man. Does this make sense now? Amen. Born of a woman, born under the law, to do what? To redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive what? The adoption as sons. The adoption as as sons verse 6 because you are sons God has sent forth his spirit his the, the sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying out what cry it out the Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir of God through Christ. While you are shouting, go to Romans 8. It it explains it a little bit more beautifully. Romans chapter 8 verse 16. Oh, Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with with our spirit that we are children of God. Now read this. If children, then heirs. I I like Galatians 4, but it stopped at saying heirs with God. Amen. Let me explain what kind of an heir you are. Amen? Amen. If children, then heirs heirs of god now you go, well, heirs of god that's not a that's not much of a great deal because to get the benefits of being an heir the father needs to die and this dude ain't never gonna die so that means we ain't gonna get nothing well he didn't leave you he didn't leave you like that did he he didn't just see you're an heir gonna wait one day for the father to die which is never gonna happen No, no 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 he didn't just make you an heir he made you a joint heir with christ Which basically means everything that belongs to Jesus is yours. Come on now. Say it, I'm not a slave. I'm a son. You've got to believe that. Jesus came not only to reveal who God is, but who you are. Jesus stretches that sonship to explain what kind of role we have on the earth. If you don't like it, if you don't believe me, go read the rest of John chapter 10 when he's talking to the Pharisees. No, no, stop it. <laughs> okay, go to John 10. <laughs> Jesus, please let them love me. Don't let them be mad at me. I promise I wasn't saying that to make y'all ask. I, I was just really trying to avoid it today. But okay, uh, this is Jesus still talking in the context of. The law and grace, amen? Those that are his sheep and those that are not. Now to those that are his sheep that are his sheep. Verse 31. (laughs) The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Huh? They didn't like Jesus very much, did they? You want to know why they got mad at Jesus? Read the verse before that. I and my father are one. Why did they pick up stones? Because he was claiming to be his father. Pick up that stone. Jesus is the revelation of God. What? Pick up that stone. They're still throwing stones. Church people are still throwing stones when you tell them Jesus does not do that stuff. You know why? Because I said one line. Your sins and your lawless deeds, he will remember no more. He's a heretic. Throw stones at him. They, 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 everyone's attacking me because I'm telling people Jesus is good. Hyper grace. Well if grace ain't hyper it's not grace. If you can comprehend grace it's not amazing is it? For it to be It's amazing because people are picking up stones because we are telling the people Jesus and the Father are one. It's the same Spirit coming against us. They picked up stones, huh? Okay. Now we haven't. You you think it was bad that they said Jesus and the Father are one? Right? (laughs) Then the Jews took up stones against him to stone him, and Jesus answered, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which for which of these works do you stone me? Which part of the Father that I've revealed are you stoning me for? The Jews answered and said to him, For a good work, we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. Right? But Jesus knows how to mess up people's theology, doesn't it? Because in the next line, he says, boy, you 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 think you're deep. Jesus answered and said to them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. Now, before you flip out and go did Zachary and just say a God no no small letter G to understand its context you have to understand in the Garden of Eden when man made when God made man on the earth he made him the God of the land of the land of the Lord land Lord. not <laughs> mean he's God that he's supposed to be worshiped that's not what it means. Now you're going to flip out about that but here Jesus is giving us an idea of who man is. He if he called them gods to him the word of God came. And the scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of whom the father sanctified and sent into the world. You are blaspheming because I am the son of God. I mean if y'all are not even going to believe that I am the son of God. How are you going to believe when I fi- finish the work and say now you are sons of God. Come on. All right. All right. Say it I'm not a slave.
1: Not
0: it's a slave. the law that makes us slaves. The law is a master. We are slaves. God is a father. We are sons. Jesus came to reveal who we are. He didn't just come to reveal who the father is. He came to reveal who we are. So don't let somebody look at you and go, you've just been saved a couple of months. I've been in this a long time. Let me teach you a few things. You know what? The, the word sons there, the Bible says to whoever has received it from them gave you the power to be sons of God is the word huios. Huios doesn't mean baby Christian. It means full grown child full-grown child when you come into Jesus God looks at you as a full-grown child now you may not have the theology all together you may not have all the scriptures together but God says you're a full-grown son full-grown son start acting like it hallelujah lastly Jesus came to intercede as high priest Romans chapter 8 verse 34 Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? People say there is nothing Jesus is doing right now. Because after he finished, he sat down. Well, this verse tells us sitting down means doesn't mean doing nothing. There is a role he is doing even though he is seated. And what he's doing right now is interceding for us. Now, as soon as I said the word intercede, every one of you who've been Christian for longer than five years saw Jesus on his face, bowing down and praying. Because our idea of intercession was, let's intercede. Oh, oh my God, this means, this, this is a deep prayer. See, there's prayer and then there's intercession. Prayer is like, oh Jesus, that's his food. But intercession is like, right? Intercession is a lot deeper. Intercession is a lot Please, the word intercede simply means stand in the behalf of. (laughs) It simply means the one who stands in your behalf. The one who represents you. The one who is your mediator. (laughs) Renewal of the mind. Renewal of the mind. (laughs) This is tough. Why does God have to be a mediator for anybody? Because you are imperfect. Yeah. And when God has to look at you in his justice. And by law have to judge you for it. The son steps and says, excuse me. Can I stand on their behalf? I stand on their stead. Instead of Zach. It's me. He is constantly <laughs> he's constantly making intercession. Why does he have to make intercession? If we'd stop, he'd stop. <laughs> huh? He has to. When the devil says, did you see what Zach did? Father, did you see what Zach did? <laughs> Jesus steps in and says, did what? Did what? And the father looks down at us. He sees that we are washed with this blood Of his son. And the father says. I find no fault in him. When I see Zach. I see my son. When I see Zach. I see Jesus. Because Jesus is standing in the way. He is interceding. On my behalf. He's mediating. He's the one that stands in the gap for me. He is the gap. What is that thing that is laying across the bridge between me and God. It's the body of Jesus. Stretched out like a cross. So I can have access into everything that belongs to God. Everything that God has, I have access to today because I have a mediator who is not keeping me far away or is judging me. He's a mediator who says everything Zach did and will ever do, I already paid for. You can't judge Zach for it because you already judged me for it. You can't punish Zach for it because you already punished me for it. Church, listen to me. God is not looking for an excuse to judge America. God is not looking for America to mess up so he can send a plague and destroy it. If God, in the words of the great Andrew Womack, if God judges America for its sins, he's going to have to apologize to Jesus. Because he already put Ebola on the body of Jesus. God wasn't up there in heaven going, Ebola, dude, we missed that one. <laughs> What'd that come from? AIDS, woo! These humans come up with a new one every year. <laughs> every sickness known and unknown to man was put on the body of Jesus. Every sin you've done and you will ever commit was put on the body of Jesus. He has forgiven you forever, forever. Boy, if they attack me for this, this is a good reason to attack me. I will never be ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. For this is the power of God. We've tried that other stuff. Man, people are still sick. We've tried that other stuff. People are still broke. People are still living in sin. But I'll tell you, when you tell a a sinner, your sins have been forgiven you. God does not hold your sins against you. God sees you as righteous. God sees you holy as a chosen generation, as a royal priesthood. All of a sudden, the believer goes, if that's what God says I am, then that's who I am. I don't have to try to become holy. I am holy. I don't have to try to become righteous. I am righteous. I don't have to try to get healed. I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's a mediator. And everything that I have to be judged for, he needs to be judged for. Guess what he already was. And because of the law of double jeopardy, God cannot judge you for something that his son was already judged for. You missed that one, but that's good. He cannot judge you for something he already judged his son for. Who is Jesus to you today? The word theology, Theo, Logos, Theo, God, Logos, study of or interpretation or revelation of. My question is what is your theology today? What is your revelation of God today? Huh? Is it this deep mystery? Oh, he's so sovereign. He's so sovereign. You know that word is only used even one time in the Bible and yet it's quoted by church people many times. I've said this many times and I'll say it again. The sovereignty of God is not his excuse to be bad. The sovereignty of God is not his excuse to put a disease on you. Well, we don't understand his ways. His ways are higher. (laughs) His ways are not any higher than the person of Jesus Christ. (laughs) His ways are not any higher than the person of Jesus Christ. That's as high as God gets and I like it. That's as deep as God goes and I love it. Listen to me. Nothing can separate you, beloved. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. No demon of hell, no demon, no principality, nothing. Would you believe this? Nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. No height, no depth, nor at any created thing, Not things past, not things present, nor things to come. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. If you can believe that, if you can believe that sin sickness and satan will have absolutely no power over you who is jesus today he is god he is the revelation of god to me jesus and nothing jesus and not i don't want to hear another story my goodness i saw this movie noah (laughs) oh lord (laughs) i saw a dumb movie on the way to india on the plane oh jesus and all the Christians were rising up in rage against that horrible. How can they do that? About How can they represent God like that? Well, because you do in your pulpits. Amen. It's time we repent. We repent. We repent. I ain't talking about you falling on your knees and saying sorry for your sins. I'm talking about returning and changing the way we think about who Jesus is. I've made it my, my life's plan. Boy, when I used to preach that other stuff back in the day, and there are many of you who've heard me preach back in the day, they loved the message. Because it was mixed with law and grace. And I decided I'm going to mix nothing. I'm not going to mix nothing anymore. I'm going to p- preach the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. It's grace and grace only. It's all Jesus and Jesus is grace. For the law came through Moses. But, shout But! Grace and truth came through Jesus. You know what the word but means in English? Whatever was said before that. I love you but. It don't mean a thing. Duh. I love you. I'll marry you. But you got to. Hey, hey. Ain't no but. Get your butt out of the way. Grace and truth, my God. Grace and truth came through Jesus. There was a cross that happened 2,000 years ago and was the beginning of the last and the greatest kingdom. And the Bible said it of Jesus this way, and of His kingdom, and of His kingdom. Daniel said it this way, there will be a kingdom that will be established after the Roman Empire. After Rome, the last of the fifth kings, there will be a kingdom that will be established. And of that kingdom, there shall be no end. That king was Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Listen to me, y'all. Listen to me. There's nothing else waiting to happen. It already happened. Now he's waiting on us.
1: If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am, and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth, and believe in my heart, that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever, In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM P.O. Box 592675 San Antonio, Texas 78259 for more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.